guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Otra Por Favor. Otra Por Favor. This will be a two-part series. Episode 6 will be released this week. And episode 7 will be released next week. Uh, thanks again for listening. Mi nombre es David. Muchas gracias por escucharnos. Bienvenidos a Otra Por Favor. One more, please. Uh, tonight, we have a very special guest. Hey, Richard Robinson. How you doing today? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I can't complain. I'm actually out uh, on the West Coast. You know, I took like a little bit of a vacation. So um enjoying the California sun before I go back to Austin, Texas. Didn't you just take a vacation like last month too? <laughs> I did. I actually went to Puerto Rico. Oh, <laughs> so nice. it's a, probably like a follow-up vacation from my vacation. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's why I brought you on the podcast, man. I, uh, I've... I follow your 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 social media for quite some time, and then I've saw like a bunch of stuff that you're doing. Like one is you know traveling, music, and you know. So how about how about this? You know, introduce yourself. Give us a you know a little bit of yourself. You know your background, your lifestyle, and and what's up with you, and let everybody know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, first and foremost, thank you guys for having me on here. Uh, I really appreciate it. And as Richie said. You know, we've known each other for quite some time. Richie was actually helping me learn guitar <laughs> at some point in time a couple of years ago. And I've, you know, kind of fallen off since, but uh, I'm picking it back up. Um, but yeah, we went to the same high school and now we both live in Austin, Texas. So, uh, so you know, keeping it going. Uh, a little bit about me. I'm originally from Montego Bay, Jamaica, and I lived there till I was six, you know, um, but I came to Texas as a six-year-old, moved to Galveston, Texas, which is where I grew up, and where I ultimately went to high school and graduated from. Um, I spent a lot of time traveling as a kid, so <laughs> I feel like, you know, I still have that travel bug even to this day. I used to do a lot of road trips with my dad, lots of summers in New York and Jamaica, and just really just exploring a lot of uh, states, you know, uh, as a young kid and seeing a lot of different places. Um, growing up, I loved... Uh, playing sports like basketball, baseball, football, soccer. Uh, Jamaicans are fanatics about soccer. So uh, as yeah, we would say, in Jamaica, nice. it's football. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, football in Jamaica, but I guess in the U.S. you call it soccer. Right. Um, and yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I like to consider myself a Texan, but, you know, I spent, again, time in Jamaica, time in New York. Family is all over the place, as most immigrants end up. Um, went to high school in Galveston, um, graduated, moved to San Marcos to attend Texas State University, which is where I graduated from with a uh, degree in marketing. What uh, what year did you graduate from Texas State? Graduated uh, 2009. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a story with that. <laughs> no Bobcats. <laughs> in that particular year. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you, you can't you can't bring it up and not share it. Yeah, come <laughs> man, on, man. My wife is gonna kill me. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Let's hope she doesn't hear this one. Yeah, <laughs> she's probably gonna hear this one. <laughs> well, we, we don't have to get. We don't have to. You don't have to share all the nitty yeah. gritty. Yeah. You, know, uh, you don't have to get in you. trouble for us. You know, it's all right. <laughs> so yeah, man. Order. Keep going, man. Keep going. So yeah, um, yeah. During my childhood, I was you know always passionate about sports and also passionate about music. I was exposed to reggae music, you know Bob Marley, and Jamaican dance hall at a very early age. And I had uncles that were DJs. I had uncles that created sound systems and played you know around the community. So I was exposed to music quite early. 
Uh, another fun fact, my mom used to love Celine Dion. Like when I say love and obsess over Celine Dion and Whitney Houston. So okay. I, I, I feel like I got my singing chops from her. Uh, we used to, you know, kind of dissect songs. You know, we listen to some Celine Dion songs or Whitney Houston songs. And back then it was a tape player. You didn't have like uh, lyrics.net or AZ lyrics or Songbot. What was what we used to use in middle school to find the lyrics to songs, popular songs. So what we used to do is just kind of um, listen to the song, play it back, rewind it um, and write down the lyrics in real time. And I think that's what kind of sparked my interest in like really like music and songwriting and uh, having an affinity for it. um, Sorry to interrupt. It's, it's cool how like you got pretty good references of, you know, like inspiration of artists that you Mm -hmm. encourage you to sing. And, and the fact that you didn't just listen to them, but you actually like took your time to try to, I would say replicate a little bit of what they did. That's pretty, pretty badass, man. Yeah. And and I I agree, and I thank you for that. Yeah, I I mean I I study music, I study theory, I study just all the nuances of it. Um, and I feel like any great musician or any great writer or creative in the music space has to do that because music is always evolving, it's ever changing. Um, and you know no one's really making anything like new. You know it's all there. It's you know uh, in regards to just the amount of scales and notes that you have at your uh, uh, you know, expense to play and create something, but just le- learning the different styles of writing, the different styles of playing piano or guitar, just the different cultural influences. Like I said, I grew up in dance hall and reggae, mm-hmm. but you know, <laughs> there's like uh, reggaeton in, in yeah. Puerto Rico. Yeah. There's some other, you know, uh, Spanish guitar, Spanish piano, jazz, blues. So I've been pretty exposed to a lot of different. Uh, genres that right. I'm just completely obsessed with and I completely just uh, study and try to learn the most that I can possibly learn. Yeah. Well, I don't know, you know, Snoop Dogg, he's also right now, he's hopping into like different genres, especially in Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard his, his last couple of songs with La Banda MS. Mm-hmm. Man, it's it's pretty dope, man. How I mean, music is pretty universal and, and that's a language that most of us can speak and understand. Not so the, maybe not the language itself, but the tone and, and, and what is right. being played and how yeah, for me, music is, you know, it, it is my, my passion. And then for me, it's, it's all about storytelling and making it relatable. Um, I write a lot of love songs, <laughs> you know, songs I feel that, you know, have substance and, you know, there's other songs that are fun and uh, you know, you can dance to and so forth. But um, I, I'm an emotional writer. I like to, you know, play on people's emotions and feelings and, you know, I oftentimes write, you know, my my lyrics um, from different perspectives, not only just my own or my experiences, but things that I hear from different people. Sometimes I'll just hear a good song mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I can relate to that. I want to write about it. And it's a, it's a similar topic, but just in a different way. And um, that's that's my passion. I just study like not just theory and all of the other stuff that we just talked about, but just all the nuances or like the different styles. Like the voice inflections, you know, when someone does an ad lib and things like that, you know, I, I could tell you what a Neo ad lib is versus an MJ versus a Chris Brown or like any like, you know, prevalent artist that, you know, has been in the game for a while. They all have their nuances about them and uh, what makes them unique. And those are also some things that I study as well. And that's pretty badass. And for like right now, like 
looking at you know like say someone like John Legend, I feel like when I when I've heard some of your music, you you resemble a lot to how he he sings. Right. That's what I was gonna say. Actually, right. yeah, I was listening to some of your songs, and I was like, man, he sounds like John Legend. Uh, I, I hear a little bit of Neo there. You know, I was like, man, I can well, I can resemble that. You know. Well, I I have to say this. I I. I cannot express how much I appreciate that because, you know, uh, those are guys that I listened to growing up too. you know, uh, as, as Neo is like one of my favorite songwriters of all time. Uh, John Legend is just an amazing pianist. And those are two things that I do. So naturally, you know, I, I kind of gravitated towards their music and tried to learn as much about their creative process as, as possible. So, um, yeah, there might be some Neo sounds. There might be some John Legend. You might hear some reggae, some dance hall. Yeah. I think some of the new music that I'm producing, um, you know, has a variety of different styles. Now, I've, I've kind of branched out to just conventional R&B, but, you know, the lyrics might be R&B, but the music and the sound and the, the experience or the vibe isn't necessarily just R&B that makes sense yeah yeah it makes sense so have you ever asked a question how many babies were made as people were getting <laughs> jiggy with it while listening to your music <laughs> well uh i'm single and i don't have any babies so i haven't made any on my own but i can't quantify how many people have told me that they may or may not have you know, <laughs> i'm pretty sure of that <laughs> from my music uh, I won't put anybody on blast, right, but yeah, right. I've had people tell me that a few times. It's it's actually kind of flattering and funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never personally made anything, anything <laughs> my own music. <laughs> man, that's pretty cool, man. And you also like one thing that you I'm from the last time we hung out and and uh, you were you, you were playing piano. You because we were talking about a song, and then you started playing it, and then you were building the the progression, the chord progression of a song that I, I showed you. Mm-hmm. And you were actually doing it, you know, from the, like the triads that builds a chord. And then you were like, yeah, actually, I thought myself how to learn, like, I taught myself how to play piano. And I'm like, dude, that's pretty badass. <laughs> it's pretty hard, actually, to learn. Yeah. yeah so for me, uh, I, I, I'm a visual learner, you know, and uh, for, for me, piano. And I don't know if, how other people feel about learning. It, it, can, it can seem like it's daunting. But for me, it's like everything is right in front of you, right? You know, you got all the notes, all the keys, you have the different octaves, you know what a C is. As long as you've learned all of like the fundamentals, um, you know, your scales and you understand how they work uh, with with each other and the notes within a scale. And to me, it's all math. It's like, you know, uh, half note, whole half step, half step, whole step, um, or whole step, whole step, half step. It's like, the, you know, how you basically put together a major or minor chord progression. Uh, or um, major or minor uh, uh, scale. And those are the nuances that I, I, I need to know because as a creative, you want to understand how or the why someone did something a certain way. Because you can, you can emulate or try to, you know, uh, replicate something that somebody else is doing, you know, with popular music, mm-hmm. but you don't know the why behind it. Like, why did they go with a diminished chord or a minor chord here when, you could have easily played like a four chord um, progression and called it a day. Right. Uh, and those are the things that I, I'm challenging myself to learn now. It's, it's, it's not just playing the easy stuff, but understanding how you can break the rules. So you have to learn the rules before you can break them. And that's ultimately what, you know, was spawned um, blues and jazz and, you know, the different styles of uh, playing 
not just um, piano, but also other instruments. Yeah, and I do feel like, say, with blues and jazz, they kind of brought that part of what you're talking about to change things a bit, especially when it comes to the feeling of a song. Not mm -hmm. just playing four chords and, you know, making it sound good and sing over those and that's it. Like, no, actually bring some some depth into it to where, hey, you know what? You had this minor because there's a different feeling in that particular word. And that changes uh -huh. everything or adds to a song or, or whatnot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you think about it. I mean, the great composers of their day, they're not saying anything. Right. But the music is speaking to you and you feel like it's telling the story. And um, what uh, popular music or, or um, music in today's day and age is, is essentially uh, a combination of both. You know, you're telling a story with the lyrics, but you're also telling a story with the, uh, the music itself from the progressions, from the instruments that you incorporate into, whether it's a verse or uh, a bridge or a pre-course or a hook. It's, you know, all of those little nuanced things can make a song more or less dynamic. Um, and whether you're composing, uh, writing a score for a, a, a movie, it's kind of a, a similar process. You just got to understand what goes where and what fits. And it's all centered around understanding uh, the theory behind it. Right. But um, it's simple. And again, once you learn the rules and understand like the basic and the fundamentals, Um, it's easier to break the rules and and learn the jazz and the blues and the the other styles of playing. It it is crazy how you said that you know that uh, how every feeling it's on the music, but we really as listeners don't really pay attention to it. Uh, mm -hmm. As long as we like the song, you know, we keep playing it and listen listening to it. Right. And, uh, really, what you just said about putting a thought into what a note I'm gonna put here and what word I'm going to say here, you know, it's, it makes, it makes a lot of sense, you know, right. how people makes music. It's, it's yeah. a beautiful art, you know? And, e and even if you take it a step further too, I mean, you got to give the engineers their props too, because I've, I produced some horrible songs in my day where the music was great and the, you know, the lyrics were catchy and whatnot, but like the engineering was just completely a mess. And, you know, I, that's also something that I'm, I'm, I'm challenging myself to, to learn and understand because That in itself is also storytelling and is an art form. It's it's knowing how to pan the sound from the left ear or to the right ear and headsets to make it seem like the, there's movement within the music, and that is a massive challenge. That you know, and that people do that with movies and when they're writing their scores uh, for um, you know feature films, and then also just I mean whether it's like a commercial uh, and you hear a jingle, or if you're just creating any kind of composition or a song within itself all of that to me is just art and it's just fascinating to me um and seeing the, the equipment that's used to uh facilitate that so um one question that i have is because you started you know learning how to play the guitar um a couple of years ago did you feel the difference between learning how to play the guitar and playing the piano like how was it for you Oh my God. Like again, for, for me, piano is a lot easier and I know it sounds weird to say that, but again, for me, it was just like understanding the mathematics of, uh, you know, formulating a scale, uh, whether it's, you know, harmonic, uh, minor, major, uh, minor core, uh, scale and understanding the, just the makeup of it. Um, and then, you know, I have 10 fingers. I can play in different octaves and I can do all the things and everything's right in front of me for guitar. 
Man, um, it was definitely a challenge and uh, understanding what shapes meant and right. bar chords yeah. and the theory behind it is the same. You can play a, you know, a C major on a guitar or a C major seventh, just as you can on uh, a piano. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, 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 it sounds similar, but it just gives you a different experience. Right. And I think that's what I was searching for when I was trying to learn a guitar. So the theory part of it made it simpler, mm-hmm. but just the shapes and the fingers and the, the, the calluses on my, my, uh, my, my, my fingers it made it, it made it really challenging because it's like, it's not the same. It's like my hands are, you know, up facing upwards every time I'm playing the piano. Uh, but on a guitar, I'm like yeah. contorting my wrist mm. and my shoulders yeah. and it's in positions that I'm not used to uh, putting my hands in. So there's definitely some muscle memory that, that you know, work that needs to be done. And once you become um, cognizant of what you're doing and, you know, you build up the muscle memory, then it becomes a lot easier. So for me, I'm still developing that aspect of guitar playing, but the theory is there. Once I understand like uh, what I'm playing in, you know, whatever key I'm in, uh, it's easy. You can translate it. Yeah. And like the one thing, one thing with guitar is, you know, if you have a capo and you're playing, like, say with a G, you can mm-hmm. move up and down the fretboard and tra- right. transpose, which that's pretty right. helpful, especially if you're, you know, sometimes I feel like when you're doing open chords instead of bar chords and you just transpose with a capo, mm-hmm. you're, you're like, you're singing and playing at the same time. That's mm-hmm. a lot helpful because then you don't have to worry about the bar and where to place, which part of the fret do you have to place your finger. Yeah. Um, you only focus on, you know what, you're switching it in a couple, a couple, you know, different times and, and that's it. Um, that's, that's what I, I got from when I, I attempted to sing and play at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're all right when you're singing and playing at the same time. Uh, for me, I, I and, and we can close out the guitar conversation, but um, you're absolutely right that uh you it, it there is a simpler way to do it and i i feel like that's where i'm just so different um because i want to learn how to do it the hardest possible way just to understand it and then i simplify it right. it's the same as like i was referring to with the piano it's just like knowing all the rules and then understanding how you can break them um, um and to make to just to make your music that much more dynamic um, so I wanted to understand like the fundamentals of playing guitar, understanding how to do the shapes, how to how to build the bar chords, how to um, create the progressions. And then, you know, you put the capo on there to simplify it. If I'm just performing and just want to strum or if I want to pick, you know, all these different things. Um, there's a lot of nuances with guitar playing as well that can really make uh, the sound just that much better and that much more dynamic. Right. And the beat here, he plays the drums. Yeah, I play the drums. Um, I played some guitar when I was younger, but it was classical uh, in mm-hmm. high school. Um, yeah, but I stopped playing it, so I kind of, you know, need to get back to it. But yeah, you drums. Say, if you, if you don't use it, you lose it. Exactly, yeah. So I need to just get back to it and start reading because I was reading music at the time. And mm-hmm. now it's like, oof, you know, it's a little mm-hmm. bit harder to do it, but. I just need to have, I just need to find time, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah no, the, I, drums, I hear you. the drums just came out uh, by itself. Just like you said, uh, just by looking at somebody else play it, I kind of learned that way. I never took any lessons, um, mm-hmm. but the first time I, uh, I tried to play him, he came out good, you know, and it was, it was an amazing feeling that just by looking at somebody do one thing, you learn, you know, and um, I was just amazed about it. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's nice having something uh, that's an outlet like that, or just something that you can be passionate about that, you know, it doesn't feel like work. You just enjoy doing it. And that's, that's me with music and a few other things in my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't played it in a while too. Uh, so who knows, but um, I'm, I'm thinking about getting one and, you know, starting to play again. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm all for it. I think you should. Yeah. I think we're going to have to make our own band, man. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> we'll play it all. Glorias, we'll play some cumbias. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I learned I learned how to salsa in um, uh, Puerto Rico, so yeah. I might break out some dance moves. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, go. Um, so, man, it's cool because it's already been like 20 minutes and we just, like, we were in the, in the passion one because for you, for you, like, music is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, and that's that's pretty cool how you, you know, you talk about like not just, oh, yeah, I just sing and play. No, you actually talked about like theory and stuff that, you know, that hopefully encourages people to, to you know, if they want to pick up an instrument to hop at it and learn it, you know, like the way right. where besides the easy way, the hard way. Right. Um, and also. Yeah, like, and, and it's much more satisfying and, and learning and understand it makes it simpler in the in the long run because you know everything that you need to do um and and how you can make something sound just a little bit different but um you, again you know the rules that you can break to to make whatever you're trying to do bigger better and um and more relatable depending on uh, the type of music you're making so i i always just say try to learn as much as you possibly can you know some of it's daunting it's hard it's it's very challenging and and, and nerve-wracking but um, when you do get it, when it does click, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. Nice. Nice. Um, and you know, besides music, what else do you, what do you do for a living at, at the current, currently, what are you doing for a living? Well, I'm currently a free agent in the business world after working as head of marketing for a local uh, supplement company out of Austin. Uh, worked there for, uh, four years and I'm, you know, obviously now looking for new opportunities, but I'm actually taking a break. Uh, my, 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 you know, expertise you know in the business world is brands and product brand and product marketing mm -hmm. uh, i have a, a big cpg background which is consumer packaged goods um I'm, i've also you know been in sales and also e-commerce and amazon uh and just digital marketing ad buying and so on and so forth so as a head of marketing you kind of have to understand how all of everything works together mm -hmm. um so if you're you know depending on whether you're selling a product or service um, you know, you can market things differently, you know, whether it's a tangible product or if it's just an experience or, uh, whatever the case may be, um, there's different ways to market. And, uh, again, as I, I was, I was referring, to, referring to, you know, when talking about music, I want to know and understand everything there's to know, um, how does advertising impact, you know, what, what's the ramification of advertising on social versus, um, you know, video platforms versus, um, you know, consumer facing events or um, re in retailers, depending on where your product is sold. Right. Um, and I just have a passion for building, growing, nurturing and, you know, uh, really making brands successful. So the last eight years, I've worked for several startups um, in marketing and sales and uh, operations as well. And uh gotten a lot of experience i realized that i have a passion for just like better for you products so i work for companies that may or may not have find something that's already in existence mm -hmm. and either make it 
better or healthier. Um, and it's more always geared towards uh, health and wellness mm-hmm. or, um, you know, something completely innovative. You know, uh, uh, an example of a company that I worked for was uh, Skinny Pop. You know, they started the, Is that the they're ready company? to eat uh, Skinny Pop. Yeah, okay. The popcorn company. Yeah, yeah, and, okay. you know, uh, they started the ready to eat um, popcorn, you know, with cheese and butter and so forth. Before that, you know, popcorn was just something you heated up in a microwave or you you, you bought as like uh, caramelized, you know, uh, popcorn. But and now you have popcorn that you have that are like decadent delicacies or um, with sage and just, yeah, just all and the all different things like <laughs> salt and pepper, salt and vinegar, all these different flavors that uh, are basically made a lot healthier um, and also just a, and more convenient. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to wait on the microwave. You don't have to worry about a bunch of grease and butter in the bottom of a bag. It's just, you know, little things like that. So um, I've worked for beverage brands. I've worked for protein bar brands. I've worked for most recently brain supplements. Will you be the reason why there's a bunch of seltzers <laughs> sold by breweries? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say I haven't done seltzers yet, but uh, I've done uh, kombucha and, you know, kombucha has kind of evolved into, I guess you can say it, it might, some there's some seltzers out there or some yeah, uh, yeah, hard yeah, kombuchas. I, I actually had one to drink yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and they're actually really, really good. And, you know, they still have the benefits of kombucha, but it's just, you know, a little bit of alcohol involved too. Yeah, over in Spanish, uh, when in Mexico, the kombucha for us, it was fermented pineapple. Mm. Uh, so when I had it, the first time I was like, man, this is tepache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was funny because like, there's a lot of stuff that like we grew up on, like having like, probably like ready to eat popcorn. There was this brand called Puffets over in, in Mexico that, I used mm-hmm. to eat like back in 1995. Right. And then they started selling like all this popcorn. I'm like, man, I used to eat this back in the days. Right. Yeah, like we now I haven't, I eat more, more popcorn like as a snack than probably even chips now. You, you know, it's funny. Like uh, I, I have vivid memories of being back in Jamaica and I know that plantain chips and banana chips are like a thing right now. Right. right? They're hot. Everybody's kind of, you know, um, aware of them being around and, you know, there's a multitude of different brands that are selling, you know, products similar or, uh, comparable to the ones that I used to have in Jamaica. Um, it was like salty. It was like a sweet and salty snack. And I've been like, this was done 20 years ago, yeah, uh, 25 years ago. And that was what I grew up on. So it was interesting coming to America, not seeing that for like 10 or 15 years. And, and then all of a sudden there's this explosion and, Oh wow, we can make dried fruit a, a, a snack. Yeah, um, you know we can we can make bananas into a chip. We can make avocados into a salty snack, or we can make ready to eat popcorn and make make it cheesy. So I'm just super fascinated with with innovation in that space and the types of things that people are doing with food, um, and not only just um, making food better but more sustainable. Um, and healthier for everybody. So you don't have the guilt of eating crappy food, uh, crappy popcorn, crappy salty snacks. Um, um, you, you can feel good about eating better for you products. And I feel that's when, where I, I guess, culture comes in place, you know, from different countries. And mm-hmm. I guess, like you said, maybe 20 years ago, you saw that and over there in Jamaica. 
And mm-hmm. me too, when I was in the Salvador, I remember eating also, you know, healthy snacks like that, like dried uh, vegetables and stuff like that. And now right. they're coming over here, you know, people, it's, yeah. uh, it's uh, learning new, new things. And it's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Yeah. And it, to take it a step further, we were talking about um, the fermented pineapple, Richie. Uh, yeah. It's it's crazy because I drink, a, Jamaicans drink a lot of tea. I mean, there's a mint tea. If you're sick, you're drinking tea. If you're on your death, deathbed, you're drinking tea. <laughs> if, if you got a headache, if you got a belly ache, if you sprained your ankle, drink some tea. And that's the culture that I grew up in. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm seeing so much of the same uh, thing that I used to have as a kid. Right. Um, you know, graviola tea, which is Circe and like, uh, you know, there's sour sop leaf tea. There's, you know, obviously the fermented tea, like kombucha, black tea, green tea, all these different things that um, have been around for millennia, but <laughs> are now being studied because everyone is more uh, into functional nutrition and um, health and wellness and trying to live longer and healthier lives. So, um, I'm, I, it excites me. So that, that's my passion, uh, on the business side of things. And I feel like I, I can only ever work for, uh, brands or products that, uh, align with those values. Yeah. I would, I would say the same. Cause like when I started working at the company I currently work at, I always wanted to work in a health, like in fitness industry. And right. I was blessed to to land this job and it's cool because like I'm encouraged to work out now. Like, it's not like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, you, no, I actually like, that's kind of part of my job. And right. even, even now, like, I don't think it'll be hard for me to, to leave this company. I, I, I wouldn't go somewhere else unless it was in the same industry, just because right. of that aspect of how much good, good it does for you. Like ever right. since I started working here, like, there's there's some kind of you know encouragement you get from from working there and, and being surrounded by by wellness right and i mean i feel like nowadays you know all, most of the companies are trying to you know put that in place for their right. employees you know to make them right. you know be healthy you know exercise a little bit more and and stuff like that and i feel like that's good for for you know for business yeah general. absolutely yeah. and they they know that they have to adapt or die Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. People are gravitating more towards the health and wellness um, world, and sustainability is also a big thing in in uh, our space. But just really all over the world, you know, you want to eat food that is you know um, eco friendly, um, it's not killing the environment, you know, and also promoting health and wellness and just overall um, just yeah, just just overall wealth, uh, health and wellness. And I always say, I mean, everyone says it's cliche to say it, but your health is your wealth. You know, that's yeah, what's going to, you know, in, uh, enhance the the value of your life and, 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 you know, potentially prolong it. Right, right. And then uh, do you have any fun facts from you and say any side projects that you're doing at the moment? Uh, well, we, we kind of alluded traveling. to it uh, earlier, but I am an avid uh, day trader. Not so much day, maybe week trader now because I'm, I'm focusing more on like long-term uh, plays that, you know, can hopefully build generational wealth. Um, but yeah, investing is my side hustle. And um, I, I'm i a big nerd. I don't know if y'all can tell or not, but <laughs> I love learning every, every day about you know, the financial markets. Uh, so I, tr- I trade options, cryptocurrencies and ETFs and futures and things like that. Um, and for me, you know, it started off as a hobby, obviously in, in 
wanting to also understand the markets, but also make extra money. Um, but now it's more of like, I'm thinking long-term down the line because mm-hmm. ultimately we all grow old and, you know, we all want to, you know, fund our future lifestyle. So the goal is to not only have, you know, investing become, you know, second nature to me and, and people that are close to me, but, you know, potentially for people that want to plan for families and, you know, um, future generations, you know, um, have, you know, seek that knowledge and, and start now, like it, it's never too late to start investing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of another thing that I'm, I'm passionate about and I know I'm passionate about a lot of stuff. <laughs> and lastly, another fun fact is like, I love photography. I love, um, you know, taking pictures. Um, and you know, a lot of times that's usually when I'm traveling, but I love, I'm always walking with the camera and a lot of times I just take the pictures for myself. It's not really for anything else, but, um, I love editing in like Lightroom and, you know, showcasing, you know, portraits of my friends that I took that they didn't know that I took and just sharing my perspective of like different things and different people. So you're pretty much a jack of all trades when it comes up to everything. In life. <laughs> and if I didn't mention it, <laughs> I, I'm huge into fitness. So that's it. Those are all my uh, passions. I didn't know if you can have multiple passions, but apparently I do. So hey, man, that's that's good, that's man. Good, yeah. <laughs> well, even even like let's say for for us minorities, um, I I for me is when you have representation of someone that looks like you and something you want to do. You're gonna yeah. be encouraged to actually want to do it because there's someone that you know, that resembles you and you know your background, and you would be like, you know what? If he can do that, why can't I? He pushes you in a way. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And and uh, ultimately, you know, I I I definitely want to be that for people. And I know that I'm inspiring people. I mean, I get messages all the time, just you know, through my music, through just. Um, you know, just some stuff you post on, uh, social media and, and you just get that, you know, message that you, that unexpected message from somebody and say, thank you. I needed this today. Or, uh, you know, I just love how positive you are. I love how you are with your friends and how much you care about, uh, things. And, and I want to obviously be an example for others and, you know, mm-hmm. younger people, you know, I'm, I'm not a teenager anymore. And to, to your point is if, if someone can see a, me, and understand that a person that looks like me could be successful doing all of these different things and be passionate and be accepted and be great at it um, and feel like they have an outlet. And I want to be, you know, the, a beacon for them, you know, to inspire them to do that. Um, that that's my that's why I do what I do. That's my why for a lot of things. Uh, I want to be a good example. I want to uh, prove to myself first and foremost, um, that I'm capable of, of doing everything that I put my mind to and everything that I care about. And ultimately I want to pay it forward by, you know, inspiring, you know, other people to do the same thing and, and using your platform or any kind of, um, success that you have to, to pay it forward and and give back to your community and give back doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. A lot of times it's just time, you know, um, you know, having discussions like this and just really sharing perspective and offering uh, solutions or insight. Yeah. And that's what I always been like, cause it's easy. Like whenever you, whenever someone asks you for help, it's easy to give them money, but not mm-hmm. show them how to get out of the situation. 
Right. You know? Um, I think I think like a lot, like say for for like in the Hispanic culture, there's a lot of you know the the problem of, of borrowing people like asking you know money borrowed, but then there's never a follow through of what can you do to make your situation different. You know exactly. And then like right. even even when it comes up to health, like okay, you go, you know, you work on your health on your health or you're you're working out or you're getting ready whenever you're going to go on a vacation to the beach, like why not get ready the whole year? Right. So by the time you're going to the vacation, the only thing you have to worry about is making sure you have enough money and making sure you're packing whatever you need to pack. Right. And I like that. It's, it, it, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, you know, there's always a saying about teaching a man how to fish or giving a man how to a fish or teaching them and which one's going to be more beneficial for them. And I'm, I'm in the camp of teaching somebody how to fish. You can give them a fish to make sure they're not starving uh, while you're teaching them. But, you know, ultimately you want to show them how they can, they can fish and, and fend for themselves. And that's kind of how that my approach to not only just educating my friends on what I know, um, but, you know, again, being a beacon to people younger than me and, and putting myself out there and like, you know, like, yes, you can learn a piano. Yes. You can play multiple instruments. Yes. You can start when you're 20 and it's never too late. You don't have to be a child prodigy to, to learn theory. It's never too late to understand, you know, um, you know, or start your own creative journey. Um, it's never too late to learn anything, you know, and, it's never too late to start investing or learning the principles of investing and then, you know, potentially planning for a better life. So if I can set those examples for, you know, people, my peers or people younger than me or people older than me, mm-hmm. um, then I feel like I'm doing uh, a great job. And, and I want to make sure that I continue to do that. Yeah, man, you're subconsciously leading the world to a good place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Part, part of like why we started this podcast, like as we said in the first episode, was to to bring a little more positivity, you know, to this world because we go through a lot of shit, like in every aspect, whether it's politically, financially, you know, health. Now with the with the pandemic, it's one of those things that sometimes you lis- listening to something positive and different makes things better. And and right. like say yeah, what you're doing, stuff like you and your friends are doing, it's great because you're motivating people to continue to live. You know, like there's right. something out there besides all the bullshit that has gone on for, for so long, you know? Right. Absolutely. So, and when, uh, when did you move to Austin? Like changing the subject. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I moved into Austin officially in 2009, but I was always in Austin, even when I was in college, I went to college from 2005 to 2009. And I actually worked for the uh, university of Texas campus. I was selling smoothies, which is how I met a lot of my friends okay. uh, in Austin. And, you know, became friends after college. So, yeah, for, for in 2009, we're in the middle of a financial crisis. I just graduated college. I'm trying to find a job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was kind of on my own, obviously. So uh, it was either Austin or New York. And Austin, in my opinion, and probably a lot of people can attest to this, is we didn't really get hit by the financial crisis in the way that other cities did. Mm-hmm. So I, I made the decision to stay and try to just, you know, start my career here and. Uh, initially I started in sales and, you know, ventured into marketing and, and, you know, we've already covered that, but, uh, yeah, I've been in Austin since 2009. Okay. So you, do you consider yourself an Austinite as we speak? Oh, for sure. Uh, Austin's <laughs> home. It's the only place that, you know, Jamaica is going to always have a piece of me, but I didn't grow up there after, you know, I turned six, I spent summers there. 
uh, in New York, my mom lives there and I spent summers there, but like Texas is home, you know, even, and, and Austin is, is, is more home because that's, you know, 2009 to 2021, that's what, 12 years, um, right. you know, next year will be 13 years. Um, and, uh, it just feels like this is the place that I've lived the longest. This is where my community is. This is where all my friends are. Um, the majority of my friends, uh, none of my family, but just the majority of my friends. And, uh, these, this is where my career has kept me and all of my opportunities. But so Austin is always going to be considered home, even if, you know, I end up having to move again, because I said, I'm in the market for uh, new opportunities, but, uh, I feel like I want to ultimately, you know, leave my roots in Austin. Well, if any company is seeking to hire a director of marketing or sales <laughs> and you're listening to this podcast, I hope this episode is sufficient for you to hire this guy. <laughs> so you heard that, guys. Um, all right. So, you know, now we're going to move. The podcast has the, the our episodes are broken down by sections. Um, this next section is going to be about soccer. Um, mainly, mainly because we, 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 David and I, we love to play soccer. Like we can talk about soccer every day, play soccer, like what? Five times, six times a week, David? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five, six times a week. Um, practice it, watch it. I mean, I think, uh, I think that's for me is my outlet when I get out of work, you know, my stress reliever, uh, yeah. just put a game on and just watch it. And it makes me relax you know, in a way. So yeah, like Richie said, this is our life. So we can, I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to come out and play with you guys. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to promise you that I'm, I'm an athlete, but I'm, I can't say that, you know, I still have the same soccer chops that I had. That's, uh, that's I what I was going to ask you. Cause I saw that you play soccer. You also play yeah. other sports, but I was like, man, you should come out and play with us. It will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I can give it a go, but uh, I can't <laughs> promise you that I, 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 I'm what I was when I was, you know, a teenager. Yeah. But I can definitely try. Um, and yeah, and also, yeah, soccer and cricket are two sports that I grew up playing in Jamaica, but soccer predominantly because I could play with all my friends. Okay. And it was much more competitive. Are you um, Are you following anything with the new team in Austin? Austin FC? Austin FC. Austin FC. I'm actually thrilled that, and you know, it's funny because I think we were supposed to get a, a team from Cincinnati a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. Um, and I think it, I think it was, a, I forgot what, what they were called, but um, it didn't pan out or work out at that time. But then something magical happened a few years ago and I just started to see this big stadium out of nowhere. And I was like, I know it's not a football team. I know it's not a basketball team. So, and I know it's not a baseball team. So the next best thing was soccer. And obviously just soccer, the atmosphere of like a soccer stadium to me is just electric. Like, I love watching soccer matches. I love watching soccer uh, games on TV. A lot of people might say it's boring, but to me, it's just fascinating. Yeah. And it's the first sport that I fell in love with. I didn't, you know, I played soccer before I started playing basketball. And um, yeah, I, I, I just find it fascinating. So I'm excited to see that Austin has a home team. We have a, you know, a, a really nice stadium and, and that's just going to be something that we can do outside of going downtown. Yes. <laughs> Yes, besides going to 36. How about I, you know, I gave up 36 a long time ago. Same here, uh, man. I'm, I'm more of a, um, you know, West Austin or, you know, maybe like a, a rainy street guy, but it's all kind of starting to blend. So maybe I'm, I'm going to start going to like rooftops or something and having like happy hours. Uh, we're more of, all day. we're more of drinking soccer after we, drinking beer after we play on Thursdays. 
Yeah. Yeah, we are. So we, every Thursday for a while, like the park that we play at, we, we stay there and have some beers. And mm-hmm. it's pretty cool because during the pandemic, man, we didn't do that. And we were going, like, we, yeah, were, we going were going crazy. crazy. Yeah. Everybody needed that uh, uh, exercise, you know, that yeah. stress reliever that we didn't have. And like, like Richie's saying, you know, we were going crazy and uh, everybody felt the same way because I asked him when we got back together and they're like, yeah, we, we couldn't hold it anymore. Started playing again. Like not the beat and I getting back together. <laughs> it's, you know, it's another topic to talk about. But it's yeah. uh, the, you know, getting the, the guys back together because it's a group of 20, like 20 guys that play and pretty consistent. And we're also friends outside of that. So like one day you should come hang out with us and. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. Are the shit, shit talking we do within each other? Yeah, <laughs> that never stops. Yeah, so um, you know, it's going with over a little bit of Austin. What happened this weekend with, with Austin FC against Galaxy? They lost three, two to zero. It was not the best game. Could it could have been worse. I mean, um, the team just looked with no idea, with no um, push. I feel like uh, they were missing the captain ring, of course, because yes. he got a red card. The game, the past game, so we didn't have that leader there that actually pushes us during the games, and um, I felt that uh, that the whole team felt that, and uh, it wasn't the same the same squad that we were used to seeing these other past games. And another thing is Nick Lima, our right, you know, right back, he yeah. didn't start. That was that was a little odd for me. I was like, well, he's he's usually my. My guy, you know, guy, yeah, yeah. Gallo that, the rooster, <laughs> yeah, the, the the guy that you know puts it all out there, and he was on the bench. It was weird because, like, not having him and not having ring, like, it just changed everything how the team plays because they had a system of how to play. But I would have said maybe instead because the defensive midfielder position is pretty hard, and when you don't have your player that's an expert in that, you have to sub it with two guys in that middle part. Like I would have. With Pereira and Fagundes mm-hmm. in there, and then play like Galaxy play, which is a four-two-three-one. Do the same thing and have you know the four you know defenders with with Lima on, on the right, and then have Fagundes and Pereira, and on top of them Pochettino, Cecilio, and with um, Strout, Strout on the on the right side, yeah. and on the on the top you have Hosen or you know Gallagher, but mm-hmm. Gallagher wasn't even on the bench. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a whole, as a whole, like I think, I think we we played uh, it was a crappy game for us. Uh, it could have been a lot worse for Austin FC. Yes. Um, Chicharito missed a, a penalty kick, which he was good by uh, Stubbert. Stubbert was the only yeah. like I would say the uh, the highlight. I think so. He's the only one that came out winning. If, if we if you want to say it, yeah. yeah. Say and it was it was sad, man. Uh, well, hopefully. We learned from this one. We're already in a losing losing streak. Yeah, and it's, two, two games already, so we yeah. need to get back to the winning. Hopefully, hopefully they'll 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 turn it around. I think we'll have a solid team. Um, yeah, and that's that. We know that. I mean, you, we know that it's a it's a brand new team, and it's gonna take a while for for them to get results. But uh, we were just. I guess getting used to it, you know, we had two wins, two, two good wins games, yeah, three good games. games. Yeah. And uh, it felt good. But uh, these past two games, we they brought us back to reality. So we need to 
stick with them. Yeah. Now here's the one thing that I, I was thinking last time. Um, we haven't played a home game because obviously you know the, the stadium, the stadium is, is, not is, getting, is not ready yet. And then they're from what I heard they're trying to get 100 percent capacity by the first game. So the playing away every weekend is starting to wear out, wear them out. Um, the traveling, the mean? traveling. I mean, because yes, you can say, ah, well, they get play to play. Yes, but the part of soccer is you also have to play at home, and you haven't rest. had you haven't had those yeah. players have the feeling of their people. Because I would say, whenever they get that Austin, you know, the vibe that they see on social media, like yeah. in the actual yeah. field, it's gonna be rad. Yes, I think that hopefully that that brings to the improvement of the you know, team and they can turn it around. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for, you know. Um, we want to give them all the support that we can to help them win games, you know. And like you said, maybe they just need a home game. Yeah, just one. <laughs> and the cool thing is the stadium is like a block away from my know, office. So. Can't wait. Excited, you know, really excited for that, man. Um, and then the next part of soccer is La Liga. Oof. I think Atletico deserves it. Um, yeah, I mean, to tell the truth, neither of them wanted it. Um, no, no, all three of them didn't yeah, all three want it. Were, we're like just playing around, just not caring about it. And now it looks like Madrid and Atletico are seriously about getting it. Uh, but the closest the, that looks like it's going to take it, it's going to be Atletico. Do you yeah. follow uh, the, any, any leagues in particular, Richard? So I, you know, I have to say I'm a Leo Messi stan. So I'm just <laughs> yeah, going to admit that. Good part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Am I in good company? Are y'all gonna uh, kick me off the show if I no, say that? No, you're in a good, you're in a good company. Yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> All right, cool. I think it, I just think he's the best um, player to ever play. I mean, you know, you can think back and talk about Pele, and I know he hasn't won a World Cup yet, but he's just my guy. I just love how he plays the game. And Ronaldo's, you know, Ronaldo. He's he's an elite player as well. But I just I'm I'm a I, Leo's doing it for like the the little guys, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like like with Lil right now is he pretty he's pretty much the the lead scorer for the La Liga with the team that he has. Think about right. that. I yeah, mean, right. that says bad. a lot. Yeah, it's been know? bad. It's been it's been is. I guess Barcelona has been playing really bad lately. I guess throughout the season, through for yeah, the past two for seasons. the past two seasons, and he is still coming out, you know, with uh, most goals, assists, assists, and you know. That that tells you a lot about a player, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, Richard. I I feel like there's no comparison. Yeah, there's definitely no comparison. Yeah. Um, well, was it you or me? <laughs> Sorry, no, that's all right. <laughs> it happened to us in the first episode. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so we were recording, and I completely forgot to turn off the my Bluetooth from the system that we use. And then my dad started calling me. My dad usually calls me like at night or in the morning and he called me yeah. like at five o'clock and I was like, we just left it. Like, you know what? We're just going to leave it there. So it's all good. Uh, I mean, that that's one of the, uh, the, you know, probably the, the not being in person and, you know, turning off the phones, but, <laughs> and, and then also having everything interconnected. That was literally my, uh, actual, uh, laptop that that rang not my phone <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah That's no good. worries um but yeah i mean i feel like um i feel like well i really hope atletico takes it because i will be really upset if if they let it go at the end at the last game you know 
it's it will be sad and 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 if they do lose it, um, Cholo Simeone will be out. I tell you that. Yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things that all the three coaches they're pretty much through. They I I would say Kuman is not gonna continue in Barcelona. Zidane they're looking for a replacement already. They yeah. might even bring a Conte. Conte. Uh, they have some other. I can't remember. Uh, Raúl. 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 Yeah. Xavi might go to Barcelona and Atlético. Who but, would they get? But just remember, these are rumors. Um, they're not confirmed yet. Um, but that's what we're hearing. Yeah, man. I believe every ru- rumor now ever since Neymar left. So. Se queda. Se queda. So. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is it for the uh, the soccer section. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to episode six. The second part of this series, episode seven, will be released next week. Hola amigos, gracias por escucharnos otra vez. Uh, es la continuidad de este episodio 6 va a estar en el episodio 7. Uh, muchas gracias por escucharnos otra vez. Síganos escuchando y no se olviden de seguirnos en nuestras redes sociales. Otra por favor punto com y hasta la próxima.